What do you think? Would St. Paul have been at the Olympics? I rather think probably yes um, in the light of the things he talks about, which are clearly drawn from uh, another Olympics, which took place in Corinth. And uh, the city of Corinth was the city where a church emerged. And Paul, in the first reading that uh, Matthew read to us, was writing to this church. And uh, in the city of Corinth, the games were really important. They took place every couple of years. Uh, and they attracted people from all over the Roman Empire, which in those days really was like saying all, almost all over the world. Uh, and it seems to me that Paul was interested uh, in what was going on in these games because he uses these ideas, he uses the pictures uh, from the games to talk about uh, the things that he feels are important. And athletes, I'm pretty sure all of us, whatever our degree of uh, involvement in athletics, can say that to see athletes performing is inspirational, to see what they can achieve uh, in these different sports. So, uh, so we're following that. And uh, some of you perhaps um, know who this is. Uh, those of you who... Yeah. Yes. Uh, now... Uh, we probably all know Christine, and perhaps we know that she's from the East End of London, so she regards herself in the Olympics as playing at home in her uh, local area. But I've got there something which perhaps we don't all know about, uh, and I'm quoting from her, saying, I like it when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary. In other words, our memory verse for this month. Uh, she's already in there with our memory verse. Uh, and uh, I guess athletes do get weary from time to time. Uh, and uh, in any case, all this pressure uh, that many of the athletes are under. And for her and others uh, who are Christians, uh, in the midst of struggles, and some of you know she's had a lot of struggles, but in the midst of these things, uh, there is deep uh, within a Christian uh, this verse uh, that we come to Jesus, we know him. And this is, as Justin said, the good news. Jesus is the good news for all of us. Now, when Paul was talking about uh, the athletes, he probably wasn't talking about Christian athletes. I doubt in that early period that there were any athletes who were Christians. But he does talk about them, nevertheless, as examples. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in this way. And in this text, it's not so much Paul saying, think about the prize all the time, but think about the way they run. Think about the dedication. Think about the commitment. Think about the way in which they strain every effort. And as Christians, let your dedication to Christ be like that. The focus on running the race, that song that we sang. And uh, there's all kinds of different lengths of races, isn't there? Uh, I was reasonably good when I was much, much younger uh, at the hundred yards, as we called it then. Uh, but actually, I'm not sure that's the best picture of the Christian life. 
uh, it's kind of appealing to me, you know, that you put in a huge amount of energy for a very short length of time, and that's it. Uh, but probably the Christian life is more like the marathon. Uh, it's more like a long race. It's a race where you have to pace yourself. You can't use up all your energy right away. You've got a, many years, probably, of running uh, ahead of you. And the picture of the Christian life that Paul paints, I think, is not just a picture of fantastic speed, but something else, probably, perseverance, keeping going. I think that's a huge uh, issue for us in our Christian experience, in our Christian lives. And Paul says this to the church in Philippi, another of these early Christian churches. He says, it's not that I've obtained everything. It's not that I'm already there or that I'm perfect, he says. And that's why we have our, our confessions of sin, isn't it? It's because we haven't reached the final goal yet. But he says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I'm not there yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal. And it's this idea of being taken hold of that is really uh, something I want to share with you. And do you know this picture? Do you know this event? I'm sure that you uh, historians of sport uh, know this. John, you can tell us exactly what this is. <laughs> yes? Oh, there we are. 92, Barcelona. I knew it. I knew he knew. And... More? <laughs> Four? Oh, we've got another expert here. <laughs> yeah, 400 meters. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't uh, picked up on this one, the, the Olympics actually recommend this, don't I'm, I'm looking for affirmation now from these guys here that uh, the Olympics recommend this as something to watch. You know, watch it on YouTube. Uh, it's very moving that uh, somebody uh, wasn't going to finish the race at all and then out of the stand comes his dad and went a whole circuit round holding him to bring him across the line. Okay. <laughs> I shouldn't have started on this, should I? <laughs> There's always a legalist amongst us. <laughs> yeah, it was a great story until, until I was tripped up there. <laughs> Good. Um, anyway, the, the point is, <laughs> whatever the details, uh, that God holds us. And I actually think God holds us right across the line. Uh, he doesn't let us go at the end. Um, but that's what Paul is saying. It's not that I do this by myself. And sometimes in the Christian life we get into that trap, don't we? We think, I've got to try harder. I've got to do better. I'm failing. But actually what this tells us is uh, there's another hand that takes us when we can't hold ourselves, yeah? And that's the hand of God. And that's what Paul is saying. For all Paul's energy 
and uh, his commitment, he says, the most important thing is that Jesus Christ has taken hold of me. And perhaps we need to hear that again this morning in our race. Uh, we have the hand of God across our shoulders taking us. And we will complete the course if we allow that hand to be upon us. But also we need uh, not only to run, but uh, to train. And again, going back to our 1 Corinthians reading, Paul says, everyone who competes in the games, and you can see him back in the games again, he says, goes into strict training. You know, it's a totally modern concept that he's talking about. We're all talking about how much training uh, these athletes are doing. And Paul says exactly the same thing. But he says, they get a moment of glory, but we get a crown that will last forever. We are in the presence of God at the end of our race forever. It's not just a moment. Uh, it is something uh, that opens up a whole new world for us uh, that is still to come. But within that, the training. And uh, here's another of our uh, athletes. I just couldn't resist this. I mean, what a wonderful name to be called Blessing. You know, this is just worth talking about in itself. But she has talked about training uh, and being toughened up. And she also read in what I uh, found out that for her, the Christian life is not one about just staying as, as weak Christians, but rather to be Christians who are toughened, who train, who get better. Uh, and uh, in what she said about this, what Blessing said, who is reckoned to be the fastest uh, African woman at the moment, and uh, she said, this training for me takes me back to Jesus. That might seem a little bit odd. You know, Jesus wasn't known as an athlete in that sense. But she said it's about overcoming the difficulties. And she goes back to Jesus uh, in his temptations in the desert and overcoming. And she said that's our training. There are things that are against us if we're trying to run this Christian life. And we have to get into training. We have to be people of prayer. We have to be reading the Bible. We have to be worshipping together in our small groups. We've been emphasizing in the last year small groups of people coming together. This is part of the training. A retreat. Maybe you're still wondering whether you're going to come on the retreat that we're having in the autumn. It's part of the training. There are many ways in which our inner spiritual lives become stronger. And that's uh, something that Paul speaks about. And then he's talking also about focus. Again in our 1 Corinthians 9 chapter. I do not run like someone running aimlessly. We have a direction. We have following Jesus as our focus, not aimless. And he says, I don't fight like someone beating the air. So this is back to Ian and his boxing. Uh, and our discovery of his great interest in boxing this morning. Uh, not beating the air. There's something that is very specific, very focused. And Paul says, I need to bring my body into a disciplined condition. He even talks about striking a blow at his body. 
uh, and he says, I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want to be someone uh, who plays in a way that achieves nothing. I want to be someone who achieves something. And in the midst of, in our own lives, disappointments and other things that come, let us be the people who are focused, uh, who train, who have a goal. And perhaps when we uh, get into this subject, we can't really avoid this, can we, in a little bit of the tune. <laughs> or something. Um, now, of course, it's more difficult to watch this because we see Mr. Bean uh, in the sequence. But uh, in the original sequence, um, before, uh, we had um, a focus on some very focused people. Uh, and amongst them, a Christian, Eric Little, the flying Scotsman, born over a hundred years ago, born in China, where his parents were missionaries. Uh, and at Edinburgh University, Eric Little uh, was hailed as one of the best track and field runners that they'd ever had in the hundred yards and the 220. And here's Eric Little. And I want to say a little bit about uh, China. I think you know this story of uh, Eric Little, who found that uh, his uh, heats were going to be run on a Sunday. Not only did he not uh, believe in terms of his convictions about uh, this, but he was actually preaching in Paris on that Sunday. Uh, so as well as being an athlete, he was someone who spoke to Christians and other people about his faith. And so he switched to the 400 meters and won uh, the gold medal. But perhaps not so well known is the fact that he went then back to China as a missionary. And during the Second World War, he was interned in a concentration camp, and he died in the concentration camp. Now, Eric Little is an amazing example to me uh, of somebody whose focus was so clear in his Christian life, and whose training spiritually, as well as his training as an athlete, uh, is so outstanding. And in one of the biographies of Little, Sally Magnuson speaks about how he got up every morning at six o'clock uh, to sit with his Bible and with a notebook, to pray, to read, to think about the day, uh, to note what should be done. Eric, says Sally Magnuson, was a man of prayer. And that's a powerful thing, isn't it? Uh, but his witness was not simply about preaching in churches or speaking to people uh, in other ways, but he worked as a science and sports teacher uh, in China, and he died in China, he was buried in China, died at the age of 43. The concentration camp where he was interned, and as a result of which he died, is now a school. It's a school with 2,000 young people uh, being educated. It had 2,000 people there as a concentration camp, it's got 2,000 Chinese teenagers. And every new student at that school is taught about Eric Little <coughs> and about his significance for China. And some people regard him as the first Chinese Olympic gold medalist because he was born in China and uh, he died in China. In our second reading in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul speaks about 
the crown again. For I am ready, he says, to be poured out like a drink offering. And again, this is uh, part of the imagery of the games. The time has come, he says in Timothy, for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I think these words are well known to many of us. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And he talks about uh, the way in which he will meet Jesus, the righteous judge, and Jesus will award him on that day the crown of righteousness. But not to me only, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And it struck me very much preparing uh, for today that the first reading is about Paul looking forward and saying, I want to continue. I want to be faithful. I could end up not being faithful, but I want to be faithful till the end. And this letter is written much later. It is towards the end of his life. And now he's saying, I'm looking back. I have been faithful. By the grace of God, I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. And I like that. I like the different stages of life. The early years of our Christian life, the middle years, the later years, to continue that sense of being part of the race. At the Olympics, there'll be lots of people involved in Christian ministry. Uh, probably you know the, the More Than Gold website. If you don't, have a look at that. Lots of things about the Christian witness. And this is a colleague of mine who is uh, my age, and uh, she's a chaplain at uh, the Olympics. And I rather admire Deborah because I haven't got the energy for this. But there she is. She's not flagging in running the race at this point uh, in her life. And she's there and she's got a fantastic gift to speak to people. So we'll be praying, I'm sure, for those people who are involved in the Christian uh, witness at the Olympics. But finally, we're not running this race on our own. There's a lot of focus on the individual, isn't there, when you come to lots of the uh, Olympics. It's that one person who perhaps you're following. Uh, and, of course, there is a responsibility for each one of us as individuals. But actually, we're part of a team. We're part of a team here in our church, and we're part of a team throughout history. We're a team of people who are a little bit like a relay. We're a little bit like the flame. And this is a picture that Ian took of the flame when it was here, early morning picture. And the flame was passed on, wasn't it? On and on and on. And that's what we're part of. St. Paul ran his race, but he passed on the flame to people like Timothy. And he said to Timothy, pass this on to other people. Eric Little lit a flame. And other people were inspired. And today the church in China uh, is the biggest church of any country in the world. But he lit flames and passed them on. And we also are part of the inheritance. We've had something handed to us. And we also have to hand that on. Let's run the race. Let's keep the faith.